responsibly the last four verses of the chapter, that's verses 18 through 21. I will read the two even-numbered verses, verses 18 and 20. Would you please read with me aloud in unison verses 19 and 21? As always, if you're able to, once again, in respect to the reading of the Word of God, I invite you to stand. 1 John chapter 4, verses 18 through 21, reading responsibly. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If any man say... I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, on this special Lord's Day, I pray that you might speak to every heart. I pray for a prayer blessing upon every mother that's here, and for that matter, every woman that's here as well. Lord, we pray that you would do a work of grace in all of our hearts. Lord, I pray for your spirit, and I pray, Lord, for those that know not Christ as their Savior, that today would be the day of sins forgiven in a home in heaven. Do what only you can do through your spirit and through your word, we ask, and we do pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Mother's Day is traditionally the day when children give something back to their mothers for all the spit they produce to wash dirty faces, all the gold gum they held in their hands, all the noses they wiped, and all the bloody knees they made quote-unquote well with their kisses. This is the day mothers are rewarded for washing sheets in the middle of the night, driving kids to school when they miss the bus, and enduring all those football and soccer games in the rain. It's a day of appreciation for making your children finish something they said they couldn't do, not believing them when they said, I hate you, and sharing the good time, their good times and their bad. What's a mother? Well, the video said, uh, reminding several job traits or character traits that a mother has to have. She's, mothers are teachers, disciplinarians. Mothers are cleaning ladies. Some mothers are gardeners. Some are mowers of lawns. They're all nurses, they're all doctors, psychologists, counselors, chauffeurs, and coaches, just to name a few occupations all wrapped up in mom. How many are thankful for your mom this morning? Say amen. Well, I thought about having, uh, foregoing our, our verse-by-verse preaching through First John uh, chapter 4, of course, but uh, I said, you know, this fits perfectly with Mother's Day. This is our next four verses of our scripture this morning, First John 4. Verse 18 is right in the middle of what we call John's hymn of love. John's hymn of love starts in chapter 4 of 1 John, verse 7 to be exact. It goes to chapter 5, verse 5. It's called, again, John's hymn of love, uh, parallel with Paul's hymn of love of 1 Corinthians 13. Notice verse number 7. It says this, Beloved, of chapter 4 now, let us love one another, for love is of God. Then we get to the last verse of the chapter, verse 21, of course. 
that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. You'll find in those 15 verses, verse, from verse 7 to verse 21, 15 verses, you'll find the word love 27 times. And I was thinking without going into the review section, and I didn't even bother having it printed out here or whether we've been reviewing, but we won't do that. I was thinking of the in-your-face truth this morning. It's real simple to see it from these verses before us, verses 18 to 21. And that is, this, is the, this morning's in-your-face truth. Here we go. I know that the closest love to the Heavenly Father in this world is the love of, and I put down my mother, because I do have the best mom in all the world. I know that that love is closest. She loves me more than anybody, longer than anybody. She's loved me 20 plus years longer than my wife's loved me. I didn't even know my wife until I was 20. And uh, mom's loved me all these many years, of course. And I, wanna, I got to thinking about parallels between the Heavenly Father's love and my mother's love, my earthly mother's love. And it's the closest of the two loves that there are, this love that passes understanding, this love of God that we've talked about, that behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, this love that's out of this world love, heavenly love. The closest thing to it is the love of the mother for her child. And so I want to give you four parallels this morning of the love of the Heavenly Father and as it compares with the love of the earthly mother. A Jewish proverb says, and this is not scriptural, by the way, but I like it anyhow, You've heard it before. God could not be every place. Well, that's not true. God is every place. But God could not be every place, and therefore he created mothers and uh, his guardian angels. And so we see in verse number 18 as we begin this morning at our little outline here, notice the first of four parallels of love between the heavenly father and earthly moms. The Bible says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. I want you to consider for a few moments here the, the, the parallels between his and hers causeless love. His and hers causeless love. First of all, between the Heavenly Father's love and her love, your mother's love, my mother's love, it's always an unconditional love. It's a, a causeless love. Jeremiah 31 and verse number 3 the Lord said of Jehovah, or rather of Israel, of backsliding Israel, backsliding Judah, he said, Behold, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. The Lord Jesus, it's recorded of him in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6. He didn't love us because we were lovely. In fact, the Bible says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely or hardly for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure or perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us. God demonstrated his love toward us. He proved his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. You see, Christ didn't die for you on the cross because he thought you were a good guy or a good girl. That there was something, he didn't die for you because there's something lovely in and of yourself. But even in our lost, ungodly state, our, where no man seeketh after God, the Bible says, he died for the ungodly. He commended his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Now, ladies, just let me talk to the guys for a minute, because every guy knows this to be the truth. Ladies, you can't comprehend this, but, you know, I've held hundreds of babies in my arms. 
And, you know, the ladies always say, oh, that's the cutest little thing I've ever seen. Men, we hold that baby and say, oh, how cute. What we're really thinking is, what an ugly little, little wrinkled little thing this is. Ugly. Now, guys don't say that, but that's what we say. That's what we think. And the, someone said it this way. That child has a face that only a mother could love. There's uh, really only one pretty child in the world, and every mother has it. I go from silly to serious for just a moment. I saw a deformed uh, young lady not too long ago, and I'll be generic on purpose, but she had a facial deformity. She was kind of hard to look at. And I was thinking somewhere there's a mother that loves that girl. Unconditional love. And so this love, this causeless love, he didn't love us while we were, when we were lovely. He loved us when we were yet unlovely. I think of the love of a mother, the same thing. It's an unconditional love. But then it's always unconditional, but oftentimes, sadly, it's an unreciprocated love. It's an unreciprocated love. I'll tell the story quickly in Hosea, 14 chapters of Hosea, the Old Testament prophet, Hosea was commanded to marry a girl, and I always felt bad for him when I first read this. The first time I read it, and I said, it's a poor guy. He had to marry a girl named, do you know her name? Gomer. I mean, can you believe having to marry Gomer? I mean, the only one I knew was Pyle, of course. The prophet of God had to marry Gomer, and she wasn't, pardon me, a good girl. In fact, she was a bad girl, and it was commanded by God that... Hosea the prophet marry her. They had illegitimate ch children. She was, to put it mildly, she was what we would call a runaround. She was a harlot. And she was an adulteress. And this went on for years. You read the first chapters of Hosea, you can read it in detail. And the picture is the Heavenly Father's love for Israel, pictured in Gomer's, or rather, Hosea's love for Gomer, even though Gomer didn't love and wasn't faithful to Hosea, the same with God's children not being faithful to him. We get to the end of the book, the last chapter is chapter 14 of Hosea 14 and verse number four, it says this, the Lord said, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. He goes on in several more verses and he speaks about the love, the unrelenting, unconditional, undying love and this love that's been unreciprocated. I was reading just last night, I was reading some from Judges, the book of Judges. You know, for 400 years, it's a long time, for 400 years, Israel was in a backsliding reciprocal condition of, of repenting or rather sinning, going into captivity, repenting and being delivered again only quickly to, to apostate again and go away from God. 400 years of that, 13 judges we read about. And God, all the way through that time, God loved his children. Not because they were the most or the greatest people on the face of the earth, but he loved them with this unconditional election love. No, even when they don't love him. And that's the love of a mother. How many mothers have children that their love for their mother is not reciprocated or not reciprocal. They don't love their mother like their mother still loves them. So when I think of God's love, the Father's love and the Mother's love, I think of this 
causeless love in many cases. It's unconditional. It's un, sometimes, oftentimes, unreciprocated. Think of the thousands and yes, the tens of thousands, yes, the hundreds of thousands, yes, the millions of children of God all through America, just our country alone, that are not in church somewhere, that have truly been born again, been saved, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They're not in church anywhere. God loves them just as much as he loves you and me right now. That's the love that God has. It's causeless love. He loves us in spite of ourselves. But then verse 19, it's a great verse, and it's a verse that you can easily memorize. Many of you have already done it. So let's read it together. Let's try it together. Ready? We love him because he first loved us. One more time. Ready? We love him because he first loved us. And so I want you to consider, secondly, his, that's the Heavenly Father, and hers, timeless love. He loved us first. And by the way, there was a love before first sight. Now, this is a mystery of God, but the Bible makes it very clear that he knew us before the foundation of the world. Before he formed us, he knew us, every child of God. A love before, before first sight. Jeremiah 1, speaking in verse number 5, as God spoke about Jeremiah himself, he says, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. A love before first sight. Ladies, you know, and of course my girls have been greatly fertile here, as you know, in the last number of years now. But I use my, I use Jessica. Yeah, I can pick on her as my, my baby. Carter's a big boy. Well, that's because she had, she, he came in a big way too. He, she was big with Carter. And I, this is a mom-dad thing, but I'm going to tell you, she would rub her belly with that baby in there. And she'd say, now this is my daughter. So she said, Dad, Dad, come feel him. He's kicking. You know, come, I know he's moving around. And well, she couldn't wait to deliver that 10-pound bag of flesh. But she knew Carter, if you will. She experienced Carter nearly nine months before Carter came into this world as we know it. Before, you know, mothers, I'm talking to mothers in this room that talk to their tummy, their baby, while they're in the room, but they say it's good to do and sing to them. She quote Bible verses. A love before first sight. Think about that love. The first to love and the, the last to love, long after the, the, the spouse or the, the family members that come along and come and go or the, the, they fall out of love, mom's love has always been, kind of like Jesus Christ, yesterday, today, and forever. From the very moment of inception, this timeless love, a love before first sight, but then not only this love before first sight, but a love after the loss of the child's love. Kind of sad to think about it, but Revelation 2 and verse 4, the Bible speaks about the church at Ephesus. The Lord said he had somewhat against it because now he loved them just the same. But he said, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Why? Because thou hast left thy first love. How many Christians are there that have left their first love? Now, by the way, they left their first love. God didn't leave his love. See, that's the difference. God's love is unconditional. It's always there. It never wanes. It never, 
never fluctuates. It's not immutable, or it's not mutable, rather. It's always constant. It's always the same. Jesus loves me when I'm good, when I do the things that I should. Jesus loves me when I'm bad, though it makes him very sad. You see, this love after the loss of a child, how many children of God do not love him like they used to love him once upon a time? Let me meddle for just a moment. I know it's Mother's Day and we're supposed to be kind, but I wonder if there's some Christians here that there was a day when you loved the Lord more than you love him today. Your love is not so hot for the Lord any longer. Your love maybe isn't, it hasn't been too hot for your own mother if she's still alive or your grandmother if she still happens to be still alive. This timeless love, see, she never quits loving. Going back to a love before first sight, by the way, someone said, I believe in love at first sight. I've been loving my mother since I opened my eyes. This love after the loss of a child's love. There's many children, and I don't want to get hurtful, that their love for their mother isn't, isn't the same love that the mother has for them. In fact, it's far insufficient, I'm afraid. In some cases, it's non-existent. But mom, as the Heavenly Father, loves his children. So mom loves her children, even after that love for the, the children's love for her is lost. And so I think of the parallels between mom's love and the Heavenly Father's love. I think it's a causeless love for both of them. There's, it's a timeless love. But then verse number 20, his love and her love is a matchless love. It's a matchless love. You see, verse 20, it says, if a man say, I love God. The whole passage of Scripture and hundreds of other verses in the Scripture teach us of the love of God. This love that passes understanding, as we've quoted several times now, 1 John 3, 1, this out of this world, behold, what manner, this out of this world love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that he would think to call us and he would allow us to be sons of God. This matchless love, two verses, verses 8 and 16, we've referenced them many times, but in the middle of those, both of those verses of chapter 4, verses 8 and 16, we see that little phrase, God is love. You can't beat that love. It's an agape love. It's more than a phileo love. It's more than an earthly love. It's more than a friendship love. It's more than a fluctuating love. This is a flawless love. This is a fearless love. This is love forever. This matchless love. It's a, first of all, two things about this matchless love. It's a birth love. It's a birth love. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, Mark 15 and verse 31 records... Likewise, also the chief priest mocking said among themselves with the scribes, He saved others, himself he cannot save. Jesus went down not to the valley of the shadow of death, he went through the valley of the shadow of death. He had prayed to his heavenly Father hours before, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But he went willingly to that cross of Calvary. He died, he gave his life that we might live. The Bible says, John 10 and verse 11, Jesus spoke of himself when he was, used the good shepherd analogy. He said, the good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. My mom was a teenage mom. In fact, she was a teenager twice before, almost three times with three kids, twice with my, my older sister.
at four, and my little brother or my next brother down, I have two brothers and two sisters, Bobby, he's two years younger than me or thereabouts. And uh, I remember we went to the community swimming pool, which was the neighbor's pond. And uh, those days, that was the neighbor's pond. It was also where they, it was always a farm. It was, I think about this, I can see it in my mind's eyes. This was not a very nice pond. But anyhow, back to the story. Uh, that's, that was our swimming hole. And we went to the neighbor's and Bobby got out in the inner tube and he was out where the big boys and girls swim and Bobby couldn't swim. He was probably, I think I was 10 at the time or 9 at the time, so Bobby would have been 7 or 8. And the kids pulled him, the, the pond got deep real fast and pulled him out about 10 yards from shore and he's way in water, way over his head, but this is before floaties. This is before, I, I, don't, I guess they had life jackets, I'm sure they had life jackets, but we didn't have life jackets, we had inner tubes. Bobby was in an inner tube, and the older kids were pushing him out into the water. And I could still hear my 25-year-old mom yelling, or yelling, bring him in, bring him in, the water's over his head. And uh, so as luck would have it, or hap would have it, uh, the, the kids started bouncing that, that inner tube, and you know the rest of the story. Sure enough, Bobby flips out of that inner tube, and he goes in, he's about 10 foot of water, he's drowning. My mom, I mean, superwoman that she was, literally, fully clothed, I can still see it in my mind's eye, she ran into that water, jumped in that water, Bobby, Bobby, and she went to, the only problem was, not only could Bobby not swim, but my mom couldn't swim either. <laughs> and there were two people that needed to be rescued that day, and uh, Bobby was saved, of course, but I'll never forget, mom would have gave her life. She'd already went down to the jaws of death to bear my sister Nancy, and then me, and then Bobby, then two more kids, but she would gladly give her life for any one of those kids. God, Lord Jesus Christ, God sent his son to give his life. It was a birth love, and he would have even died to give us life. That's a matchless love. But then not only is it a birth love, but it's the best, the best love. You don't get any better love than this. You don't get any better love than the Heavenly Father's love. And you don't get any better love than the earthly mother's love. John 15 and verse 13, the Lord summarized. He said, greater love hath no man than this, and a man lay down his life for his friend. When I think about mother, the greater the love, uh, the, the greater love is the mother's. Then the dogs. <laughs> you know, you heard them, you know, you know what man's best friend is, right? You know, how many men... I've known grown men that have cried when they've lost their dog. Come on now. Ladies, you cry when you lose your cat, but men cry when they lose their dog. Man, men's, <laughs> man's best friend, they say. But then the Polish proverb says, the greater love is the mother's, then the dog's, then of the sweethearts. The problem is the dog will love you unconditionally, that's for sure. And a sweetheart will love you at least for a while, but mom's love always is there. This best love is an unselfish love. A mother is a person who, seeing there are four, only four pieces of pie for five people, promptly announces she never did care for pie. She has an unselfish love, an unequaled love. An ounce of, mother's, uh, ounce of mother is worth a pound of clergy, someone has said. You get serious for just a moment. Pray for uh, Sean, Crystal's uh, 
Delulio's got baptized a few weeks ago. Sean's in the hospital at St. Francis, very serious. I don't think Sean's 40 yet, and he might be losing his leg today, so pray for Sean. Uh, Lord, we're blessed. But I think Mama's over there right now. And uh, I got the news this morning, and Pastor, pray for Sean, and can I, you know, the plea was, can I go see him? Now, I love Sean a little bit. I'm not trying to be mean or harsh or funny. I've only met him two times. Been to church here twice, I believe. We need to pray for Sean. But I guarantee I don't love him like his mother loves him. I guarantee I don't love him like his sister loves him. You see, there's the best love. People may love you, but nobody loves you like mom loves you. Then I want you to know, fourthly, let's go to our last two verses of our text. If any man, verse 20, say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. Boy, sometimes God doesn't miss his words, does he? For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And then notice the, the commandment the prayer. And this is the commandment which we have from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Notice his, the Heavenly Father, and hers prayerful love. When Jesus was giving his intercessory prayer, he prayed that he says that he would not lose one of his own. God will never leave us or forsake us. We're all unconditionally, every child of God that's been born of the Spirit of God is, is, in, his, is in his grasp, never to be lost ever again, that he would never lose one of us. But his prayer in this context here for his children, the Heavenly Father's children, is, is uh, that his prayer is that we love him and one another. But what about her prayer? Well, when I think of Matthew 20, you need not turn there for sake of time. But there in Matthew 20, verse 20, it begins. We have the mother of Zebedee. Now, her name is never given. That's the mother of James and John, the sons of thunder, for the record. And she comes to Jesus in Matthew 20, verse 21, or verse 20, rather. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. I want you to know that her prayer, and we see it in our text before us, her prayer is her children, that her children love God. Three things about that. The command is given that we love God as God loves us. Wow. Command is that we love his children as God loves his children. But now her prayer is that children love God, her children love God. First of all, by being a part of his kingdom. You see, Mary, or rather the, the mother of James and John, the, the wife of Zebedee, went on to say in verse 21, And he said unto her, What wilt thou? And she said unto him, Grant that these two my sons may sit on, the, on one on the right hand and on the other, the other on the left in thy kingdom. She desired, first of all, that her children be a part of his kingdom. Let me make it real simple. She desired that her children might be born again. I receive a second birth. You see, they got the first birth from mama. The second birth, the new birth, comes from the spirit of God. The first birth comes from the, from the womb, from the water. The second birth, John 3, 5, comes from the spirit above. 
is an adoption into his family. Jesus said, you must be born again. You got earthly life from mama. You get spiritual life from Jesus Christ. You get eternal life by being born again. Every godly mother's prayer is that her children be, be a part of his kingdom. But secondly, not only be a part of his kingdom, but secondly, be involved in his kingdom. Let me make it real simple. She said, grant that my, my sons sit on the right hand and on the left hand. And they, may they be intertwined in this government of this kingdom. May, may we be involved. Every godly mother's prayer is that their children be involved in the church. Let me just get preacher-esque for just a moment here, or pastor-esque, or however you want to say it for the, the time now. I've been doing this for a few years now. Church attendance across America is declining. That's a fact. We claim to have a lot of Christians, millions, tens of millions of Christians in America. I don't know what the number is. But church is becoming optional with Christianity, it seems like. Zebedee's mother or Zebedee's wife, John and James's mother, said, no, I want my children not only to be a part of your kingdom, I want to be, be involved in the kingdom, be involved in church, be involved in the house of God. Hey, listen, I'll make the disclaimer like I made it a thousand times, here's a thousand and one. This is far from a perfect church. As long as I'm here, it'll never be perfect. By the way, as long as you're here, it'll never be perfect as well. We're all flawed, but the Lord loves us anyhow. So much he died for us. There's better churches all around. I'm sure you can find one. But I ask that you stay with your church. I ask that you stay with you. May, there may be better mothers around, but I ask that you stay with your mother. You see, be involved in the kingdom. A mother's prayer is not only, this mother's prayer was not only that her children love God and be a part of his kingdom, be born again, and be involved in his kingdom, be in church. But thirdly, she said, I want them to sit on the right hand and on the left hand, right, as close to you as possible. I want them to be... Her, her prayer was that they might be close to him, walking a close walk with him. There's no greater joy than my, than my children walking the Lord. Now let me just meddle for 10 seconds here and we'll be done just a few moments. But if you're here and you're not walking with the Lord as a child of God, if you have a mother that's walking with the Lord, I guarantee you her number one prayer is first of all that you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. Secondly, that you're walking with his people. Thirdly, that you're walking a close walk with him. Walking so close to him. You see, and that leads us to the last little phrase of the verse here. Verse 21 again. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. God desires, and the mother desires for her children to love each other, love their other siblings. I said I was going to meddle just one last time, and now here's another time, one, ten seconds worth. Don't raise your hand on this one. But how many of you have a sister or a brother that you're at odds with, odd with this morning? Don't raise your hand, please. I know if there was honesty that a lot of hands would be going up in this room because we're sinners by nature. We don't get along by our human nature like we should. We need a new nature, that new spirit that's in found in Christ. There's no greater joy for a mother than that her children, first of all, know Christ as Savior, that they're walking in with his people, God's people, that they're close to the Lord, and that they love one another. 
See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, and that you love God, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. So what's the fix? What's the truth to know? As we consider for a moment, we meditate on that heavenly Father's love as it's paralleled with the earthly and earthly mother's love. Well, think about this and meditate for just a few moments longer now. The heavenly Father's plan of redemption, or let me make it clear, the heavenly Father's plan of salvation and an earthly mother's plan of childbirth is not based on scheming, are you ready? Logic. I hate to burst your bubble, but let me try to explain this. An all-knowing, all-wise, all-omnipotent, all-omniscient God. I hate to burst our bubble. He doesn't need us. We're not doing anything for him, logically. He's his self-existent one. I haven't preached yet. He doesn't need us! No logic that he should let his son come down from heaven to die for us. Oh, I think I'll need some more people up in my kingdom. So uh, uh, that'll be good for me. No, it wasn't logic that caused the son to come down on the cross. And it wasn't logic that mom said, hey, I think I'll have children. If I have children, I'll get to change 10,000 diapers in two years. If I have children, I'll get to... Wipe dirty noses and I'll, I'll, I'll get to give up my career and I'll get to have a, just a wonderful time at home with morning sickness and all the rest that comes along with babies. No, it's not logic. You see, God's redemptive plan and mom's earthly plan for children is not based on logic. By the way, they say, ladies, don't be offended by this, especially on a Mother's Day. But men are thinkers. Now, some men don't think, by the way, but... Men are thinkers, women are feelers. But I want you to know it wasn't love that drew salvation's plan, or it wasn't, excuse me, logic that drew salvation's plan, it was love. And I want you to know it was selfless love that mom had. I'm going to love my children before they ever come into the world. I'm going to love them when they're babies, when they're, when they're toddlers, when they're little children. I'm going to be nurse and doctor and psychologist and counselor and coach and chauffeur. I'm going to do all those things. And then when I let them go, I'm going to keep loving them till the day I die. I'm going to love them unconditionally. I'm going to love them even with a causeless love, with a timeless love, with a matchless love, and a prayerful love. Thank God for moms this morning. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father. Lord, we don't mean to do disservice to your love towards us. We know that every other love beyond that or past that is a love that wanes and a love that's so insufficient. But Lord, probably the closest love, no doubt, to your love on earth is the love of a mother. Lord, sometimes it's causeless, it's timeless. Yesterday, today, and forever. It's matchless. It's a prayerful love. The greatest gift that any child could give to their godly mother would be the gift of receiving eternal life through Jesus Christ, being born again. 
walking with his people, walking hand in hand with the Lord, and then loving one another. Lord, thank you for this love that's manifested and where this great love where you loved us. I pray you'd bless in our moments of invitation. Maybe there's those that need to receive Christ as their Savior this morning. Do what only you can do, Spirit of God, in their heart and life this morning. Save those that need to be saved. Maybe there's, and every one of us are a child of someone. Maybe there's someone here that needs to work at some reconciliation, work at some reciprocation and love for their mother. Maybe a grandmother, maybe love for a sibling. How can we say we love you when we don't love them, our brother whom we've seen? Lord, I pray you bless in our moments of invitation, and we pray, and we'll thank you for it. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we stand together, it's page 57 in the hymn book, the fourth verse.